0: Hey guys, this is Dan. Uh, Just a couple of housekeeping things to take care of before we get the study started. Um, there are over 400 of you guys already who have subscribed to this, which is amazing and rewarding. If you could go and leave a comment on Apple uh, Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts, leave a rating, that makes a huge difference in how many people get to hear this show just because it plays with their algorithms. So if you could just take a little bit of time, go and like, give it five stars, write a comment, quick comment, it makes all the difference in the world. And, and if you can't do it because you like my show so much, I want to let you know that Joel Osteen has 845 uh, ratings and comments on his podcast. And if you don't want to do this because you like me, maybe do it because you don't like Joel and want to see something bigger that, that might annoy him. So I I think that that's a good reason to do things. Also, there's some technical difficulties in the middle of this. We had some internet issues, so sorry about that. It's around the 30-minute mark. If you want to fast-forward through a couple of games that we play in the middle to skip that, that's okay. Uh, But uh, I'm really excited about the episode that you're about to hear with uh, Tom Sweeney and with Noor Hadidi. So uh, thanks again for hanging out, and uh, welcome to Holy Shit! Thank you guys. <laughs> that didn't work. But hey, everybody, thank you for being here. My name is Dan Taylor. Uh, I've talked to all of you beforehand. But uh, yeah, thanks so much for being here. Welcome to uh, Holy Shit, where we, uh, which is an adult Bible study. So today we have two amazing guests. Uh, say hi to them if you can. And if you want to turn your microphones on, even uh, non-video people to give a big Warm round of applause, vocal welcome to our amazing comedian, Noor Hadidi, who is here. Thank you so much.
1: Oh, hello. Thank you. I was over, I was prepared to applaud. Hello. I didn't know it would be for me. <laughs> you're
0: going to go first. Yeah. yeah. You're, you're first. Uh, and then next up, we also have uh, Dr. Tom Sweeney, who is here. So a uh, big round of applause for Tom Sweeney. Hello. Tom, uh, full disclosure, is actually my master's supervisor. So he will be grading me, not you guys. So uh, that's kind of how this is going to go for the future. Um, but uh, he's also you. So we'll start with Tom with your credentials. Like you have more masters than any other human I've ever met in my life. So <laughs> do you want to just give us the rundown?
2: Oh, uh, <clears throat> I think I just lack direction. Uh, really. So yeah, I, I did a, a master of theological studies, which is like a first, you know, theology degree. And then I followed it up with a, a full MA in, in historical theology. Mm-hmm. Uh, later did a, a master's uh, in my kind of what pays the bills, which is software development. And yeah. then uh, I also because I do so much teaching, I did a master of education.
0: Yeah. So yeah. Um... You, do, are you a languages guy too? Like, you also speak Portuguese as well, right? Like,
2: I do. Yeah I, yeah, I worked for many years in Brazil teaching there, and I taught once through translation, and it was so terrible that I thought even my horrible Portuguese has got to be better than this. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I just went from there.
0: Nice. Okay. So, any other languages, or just Portuguese?
2: Well, my mom. I grew up in uh, in uh, speaking French with oh. my mom, so which helped me learning oh, okay, Portuguese. Cool. So.
0: Nice. Okay. So. Noor might be ahead on that. Noor, how many languages do you speak right I now? Speak
1: two and a half.
0: <laughs> okay, which ones are those?
1: I speak Arabic, English, and Quebec French. Does Quebec French count as a language
0: at this point in time, or no?
1: <laughs> and I don't speak it well, so maybe it's a quarter at this point. <laughs>
0: oh, but you, Noor, is not from you're you're not from Canada originally. That's part of your comedy. So you're from yeah. Yeah. I'm from
1: uh, Jordan. I was born and raised in Jordan. Okay. Uh, very historical site for those listening. It's uh, yeah. Mount Nebo where Christ was baptized, you know. Nice. Yeah. Um, I've been there a few times Or the Dead Sea, it's the lowest point on Earth. Right. Yeah, like a, growing up in Jordan, I would like visit there very often, like a few times yeah. a year. Yeah, uh...
0: that's fascinating to me. So I grew up in uh, Prince Edward Island, which is is, like I grew up outside Charlottetown, Prince Edward Island. But Prince Edward Island is a tourist trap and there's like Anne of Green Gables is a thing that existed that I would never go to. But it's weird to me to think of like people who live in either Israel or Palestine or those kind of places that like their tourist trap is like, oh, yeah, Jesus was baptized here. (laughs) like. This isn't a fake house that we built where we say that Lucy Maud Montgomery lived. Right.
1: <laughs> We're not Anne of Green Gables thing, uh, Jordan, or yeah. Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're giving you the real deal, baby.
2: <laughs> Nora, I, I laugh when you say you speak two and a half languages, because I had a, a friend of mine who also worked in Brazil. He was from England. And he said, I thought when I'd come to Brazil, I would speak two languages. Mm-hmm. But what's really happened is uh, I'm forgetting my English. <laughs> and my Portuguese isn't very good, so actually, I don't speak any languages right
1: now. <laughs> yeah, you go back in languages. That's so funny. Well, I don't speak Arabic that often. I mean, I I talk when I talk when I talk to my friends yeah. who are from Jordan who live in Canada. When I talk to my family, I speak in Arabic, but um, I don't. It's yeah, it's for sure regressed since I was in Jordan.
0: yeah. yeah. There's most of my experience with Arabic, unfortunately is listening to other dads from my son's soccer team yelling at their sons in arabic (laughs) which they're saying the same things i am but it's just like it's just that's most of my experience with that as a language is is them being like what are you doing you know and i'm like i'm also saying the same things we're
1: having a shared
0: experience cross-culturally being disappointed in our son's I'm being unable to vicariously live out our athletic achievements
1: <laughs> man it's soccer is a so when you say okay so what what when you say football do you mean soccer or like
0: yeah American so, football so I'm torn because I've gotten so into soccer lately that, and I listen to a lot of British podcasts that like now this the words are sort of interchangeable for me but like when I'm talking to like other North American people I'll, I'll say soccer like when I'm just saying like oh we got when i'm saying like i can't go to a thing because isaac's got a soccer game then like that's what i say but yeah so in
1: in jordan we say football and in the middle east as a whole soccer or football is considered a religion i will tell you that like uh when i go home and visit let's say there's a big match between two big teams like uh barcelona and real madrid the streets are empty there's no traffic (laughs) it's it's a true religion there yeah people are so passionate about their teams they have flags they go out on yeah. the streets and they like honk their horns when their team wins um yeah,
0: yeah. there's some, there's actually in brazil is very much the same way oh, with, yeah. with, with, with soccer as a religion where it, it's interesting there are so many parallels in terms of like just you like the, the a church and a stadium being like you know and a temple that those are all like interchangeable kind of religious studies ideas you know so uh all of those things are you know like the 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 kind of the the theological practice of a religion like you can go note for note uh with like following uh following a soccer team or any kind of sports team and be like yes this is the equivalent this is a religion for you including and especially in europe where they have and perhaps in the middle east as well where they have like ultras who are like the fundamentalists of the fans who are like we will literally go and fist fight another batch of fans because they don't like they like a different color of jersey than we like which is hilarious but you know it's a it's it's a beautiful it's a beautiful thing so one of the things we talk about is like in thomas like i've talked about this a little bit with thomas but like um in North America, you sort of grow up with Bible stories in the ether, even if you didn't grow up in a specifically religious household. Um, is that the, I, I like you grew up Muslim and I, am I corrected? And were those kind of in your vernacular as well or? Yes. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah.
1: I grew up Muslim and You know, we, we do share a lot of stories in the Quran and the Bible. So when I hear names or I hear things, I was like, Oh, maybe our, you know, we've got the same characters. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Different plot lines. That's all it is. Okay. You guys, you guys are book number two. We're book number three. All right. It's a a trilogy. The whoever, the author just wrote, wrote, (laughs) he wanted to finish the plot lines. Um, Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, so for sure, like even though they weren't necessarily the same stories that you would hear, they were a different version of the right. story, yeah.
0: And, and often like literally dealing with the exact same character, like the characters of Abraham, Abraham and Jesus are are completely interchangeable. We're talking about the same person, which I find kind yeah. of fascinating, but I mean, given that these three Western religions are part of the same tradition, it's like, oh, that's why we fight so much. <laughs> you know, right. because we're family. <laughs> I have
1: a- I actually have a joke in my stand up where I say I feel like Judaism was a very big blockbuster, and then Christianity was a popular sequel, but Islam went straight to DVD, you know? Because nobody knows this, you know? (laughs) we're all we're in the same we're on the same movie series
0: (laughs) you guys are the last three star wars movies
2: like
0: (laughs) people that were were really into the first six are like i don't know (laughs) i don't know if these belong
1: (laughs) well let's let's talk numbers how many like we've got some people we've got are we in the billions i don't know oh yeah
0: yeah yeah definitely by now you know and and the two fastest growing religions in the world are islam and uh and christianity specifically in the two-thirds world and i mean what i find interesting is especially like the area of the world where you're from a lot of those conflicts are relatively recent because europeans went in there and kind of effed it up whereas like for centuries previously like Muslim and Jude, like, and, and I'm not sure about Jordan, but I know a little bit more about Lebanon. But like in Lebanon, Christian and Muslim and, and and Jewish people got along fine for years, for for centuries. It was just like, yes, this is their part of town. They have their holidays. You know, we're open when they're having their holidays. We're you know they're open when we're having our holidays. So I just, uh, oh, it's, uh, but yeah, I find that kind of fascinating. So, um. I'm getting, we, we, uh, we need, we are on a schedule, so I do want to get the story time. So here's the deal. Um, I'm going to tell the story. We're going to take a break in the middle. We're going to play a couple of games, which should be kind of fun uh, for the audience. And then uh, we'll get going. So uh, this is a very famous story, rel- uh, relatively, of uh, Daniel and the lions. Now, again, similar to our animals in Jonah last week the lions don't really play that big a part. Like, they're there, but they're not. And an important part, like, the story couldn't exist without them. But again, uh, they're not the main instigators of this story. So uh, if you were here last week, uh, this story takes place chronologically probably a couple hundred years after last week's story of Jonah. So uh, this is this is where we go. So this story starts, again, though... With the Hebrew people living under the thumb of an, um, another empire, and, and kind of the background for this one is that is that the Babylonian Empire uh, came and, and laid siege to Jerusalem, and the Nebuchadnezzar at that time was the king of Babylon and and the surrounding empires, and and he. Came to Jerusalem, laid siege to it, and he wasn't as bad as the Assyrians in terms of destroying everything. But like Nebuchadnezzar, like a lot of uh kings at the time, loved a good trophy. So he took all of the things from the temple and he took all of the royal family of Jerusalem and he brought them back with him to uh to Babylon because he's just like, I like pretty things, and these are the pretty things for my conquest. But he also brought uh, sort of an interesting collection of things with him. And this is how the text actually describes it. He said to uh, the leader of the eunuchs, he said, bring all of the young men without blemish who are goodly in appearance and discerning in wisdom and possessing knowledge and understanding and bring them to Babylon as well. So not only did he take uh, the things in the royal family also brought an entire collection of the educated kind of elite and handsomest and most beautiful of the young men of Jerusalem and brought them to uh, to Babylon to be part of the civil service. Now,
2: four of these yeah, Dan, names... Are how, be... how many was that? Good-looking, young, and wise? <laughs> yeah. Like well, it must have been four people.
0: It's all relative. I mean, we have four famous ones, but again, it's, it's relative here, right? Like it's, uh, I mean wise i think wise is relative for uh, for that many but it's like i was trying to find the equivalent of like where would you find like good looking unblemished young men like people in canada our minds would be like well all the hockey players and like i'm pretty sure babylon would have been like no 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 no, they are <laughs> we need a little bit better than that um but if, but four of them are famous we have daniel and hanani and Mishael and azariah we're gonna know um, others by their uh, names later, and all of them had spoiler alert uh, long and distinguished career, long and distinguished careers in Babylonian civil service. Um, mostly Daniel doing uh, dream interpretation. That was kind of his big thing. He served under four kings. All of them at various points came to Daniel and said. Uh, or either through whatever the circumstances were and asked him to discern a dream for them which and he was able to which is a very interesting skill to have and I'm just like how terrible would it be like who is discerning Justin Trudeau's dreams for him like if that was an actual role right now like if he would like call up you know like Warren Kinsella and be like excuse me I had a dream my hair was very long I had that Fu manchu thing going back again okay so long and distinguished career so daniel uh so this is later in daniel's life yes
1: can i just say that i think given what we all know about justin trudeau if that was a possibility he would totally hire someone to do that for him (laughs) he to do dream interpretation Mm -hmm. yeah yeah, you know he, its poor Sophie doing it right now, and she's tired. She's like, "This is why she got COVID because she's stressed out. She's yeah. doing all this stuff for him." Yeah, and yeah. now we gotta get—we gotta—we gotta get him one of these people you mentioned. What's his yeah, name? Yeah, yeah,
0: the dream interpreter.
1: The dream interpreter. We gotta bring that back from the Bible to these days. That's what I'm. That's one number. That's my suggestion. Absolutely,
0: yeah, yeah. We, we that you could run on a platform of that. Um, there we go. But what I find it most interesting, though. Like, I'm not one of those Western Canadians that just, like, knee-jerk or, like, hates Justin Trudeau. And I'm really not interested in discussing politics on this show that are less than 1950 years old. But I, what really irks me about Justin Trudeau at this point is that the deeper we get into quarantine, the handsomer he seems
1: to get.
2: Well, <laughs> oh, that's the Stockholm effect, right?
1: <laughs> no, no, Okay. <laughs> Did you see the video of him flipping his hair in the wind? Oh my god. I was like, how are you so handsome?
0: Yeah, I'm a mostly straight man and that made me feel things that I was uncomfortable (laughs) with. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, this is totally not fair. (laughs) So all of Western Canada who is like really mad at him and kind of hates him, I'm also just like, yeah, I'm kind of mad at him, too. He's, he's But he's for poten- different reasons. <laughs> yeah, he's potentially too beautiful to live. Um, but this is... Okay, so this is not Kid Daniel that we're meeting at this point in the story. This is like older, established Daniel. And at this point in the, in, in the time... Uh, Daniel has survived three kings. He's serving king number three, which is an awesome accomplishment in and of itself. Like, because normally the pattern in the ancient world is that if you served one king and then another king came into power, you just murdered everyone who worked uh, for the king previously. So the fact that Daniel has served three kings is sort of interesting and I think relates to something that we're going to see later, which is that uh, Daniel's can still, no matter how many years he spends in Babylonian ser- civil service, is still considered an outsider. He's no matter what he does, no matter how good he is, he's still not one of them. And we see that in this story because Daniel is overseer of the empire, and they have about 120 provinces in the empire. And what King Darius has done at this point is he's established 120 governors over each of the provinces, and then uh, there's three overseers who oversee the four. The they each have a pile of 40 governors and then they go forward to the next uh and then and then they relate to the king and Daniel's even kind of superior to all of those guys so we can start to see why jealousy might begin to creep in right daniel is really the number 2 person to the king and certainly in positionally has a ton of power and and there were lots of people at the time that had a vested interest in getting daniel out of that position um so jealousy and corruption seep in, and they start to try and remove Daniel. But one of the things that they say is that they can't find a reason to. He's not corrupt in any way, they can't bribe him and report anything evil. He's not obviously uh doing anything wrong and and not only can they not uh can they not find any like political reason to get rid of him they also can't find a reason in his own religion to get rid of him one of the things that the the text says is that even in his own following of god they found no fault in him which is interesting because like one of the one of the things that's interesting about this empire is they were a very much a polytheistic empire they didn't care right if you've got 120 empires and provinces in that part of the world you've incorporated a lot of gods and religious systems so like they're just like daniel's even so good that his own following of the religion uh doesn't bother him so so what happens though is that darius starts to get under the influences of these uh lawmakers who aren't necessarily the most Scrutable and not necessarily the best and uh, start to they start to speak badly about Daniel and they tell him to make a law, which is a really easy law to do uh, to a political leader and that they say, make a law that anyone who prays to anything other than you for the next 30 days is automatically thrown into the lion's den. And Darius being your average king politician says that sounds awesome. I would love it if everyone only prayed to me for the next 30 days. And I think that that would be a great test to put any of our political leaders who claim any sort of religion through would be like, hey, how about we just worship you for the next 30 days? And if they say yes, then we know that they don't actually follow the religion that they happen to be using for their own political gain. Um, So Darius agrees and says, fine with this, Uh, sure. And he makes it a law and seals it and does all of the official things in order to make this an irrevocable law in his kingdom that anyone who prays to anything other than uh, him for the next 30 days is going to uh, be thrown into the lion's den. So what Daniel does, as soon as he hears about this new law that's gone into effect, is he goes home and he does what he normally does three times a day which is to get down in front of his window and pray to God towards Jerusalem, which he has done three times a day for almost his entire life and still does. Now, naturally, they knew that Daniel was going to do this. So they posted up a snitch outside his window. And as soon as that happens, they run off and tell Darius that like, hey, Daniel still undertakes this prayer to his God towards Jerusalem and not to you. You got to throw him in the lion's den. Now, Darius at this point realizes that he's been caught in something ridiculous and stupid and it's like, "Hey, wait a minute. I don't feel good about this anymore. Is there any way to get out of this?" Um, and they're like, "No, nope, no. Nope. Once you sign a law into effect, you got to follow through." Which is an interesting biblical theme to me. And I don't I want to stay in storytelling rather than than preaching, but I just find this interesting cuz like last time and this time there's a complete theme throughout the Bible of like following dumb laws is dumb. Like there's no virtue in following a stupid law, even if you were the person who made the law, like no one thinks that that's wise. This happens multiple times in the Bible where it's like, where it's like, yeah, that he made a dumb law and then he followed through with it. And it's like, yeah, that's still dumb. You can, you don't, you don't whitewash dumbness by, by uh, saying that it was a law. So, darius relieves realizes this is dumb and then text says something interesting that he strived until sunset to find a way out of this now i didn't grow up in that region of the world but pretty close to the equator nor what time does the sun go down normally in jordan ish
1: oh well that depends on the time of year because it changes really? yeah okay Okay, so sunset is like around five p.m. in December, but maybe eight p.m. in the summer, like in July. Okay, so I thought it was
0: much closer to the equator that it would be much more regulated, but there was there was a difference. I just found it amusing that they were like, he was like, I really tried, man. I tried till sunset. Like it's like so, like a couple hours there. That's what you got to. So.
2: But might that be uh, a way of saying he tried all day because sundown was the the end of the Yeah,
0: day? I think <laughs> if my kids if they were like, Hey, the the and I'm like that guy wait till sunset and then now it's wine drink. Um so Darius realizes he was going to get caught uh, and then uh, and because he couldn't get caught because he couldn't figure it out he then he then throws uh Daniel into the lion's den okay so we're going to take a break in the middle of the story and we're going to play a quick game okay Noor are you up for a game
1: sure let's do it
0: okay no problem so um Thomas I'm going to ask you to take a backseat in the first game because you might know might not but it's still going to be very simple rules to this game i'm going to name an animal and you're going to tell me whether or not this animal has been responsible for the death of a human in the bible okay
1: oh my god okay
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah relatively common (laughs) so the on our how is our connection can everybody still hear me
3: um, you're coming in and out for me, so like... Okay. Yeah, I... It was... Yeah, I was a bit spotty.
0: Oh, shoot. I think okay. it's
3: better now. Yeah. Okay.
0: Okay, no problem. So, <laughs> back to the rules of the game, sorry. Um, yeah, basically I'm just going to name an animal, and you're going to tell me, yes or no, was this animal responsible for the death of any humans in the Bible? Okay? So, I've got 15 of them, and if you if you win which will be determined arbitrarily, you win um, one full McDonald's coupon for a hot beverage. Great. Which will be mailed to you. you it. infected. So, <laughs> still. Okay. So we're ready to go. And Thomas, you can jump in. If Nora gets stuck, you can help her out. Um, so first animal, donkey. Yes. Are we stuck?
3: I think you're a little behind. Oh, yeah, you're frozen.
0: I'm going to. Oh, can everybody hear me now? You're good. Okay, no problem. Where do we cut out?
2: <clears throat> a newer answered in the
0: affirmative. Oh. You, okay, so donkey? Yes. Yes. No, it was no. No donkeys were responsible oh, for no. killings. No. Uh,
2: In fact, I believe devil, you'll find one that they killed a bunch fight. of guys with uh, 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 a jawbone of a donkey. With a so
1: what of a donkey? An
2: accessory to the crime.
1: Okay. <laughs> well, listen. If yeah. he, so if the donkey's a witness, I mean, where do <laughs> we blur the lines here? Okay. Well, He was an accomplice to the murder. Okay? (laughs) So,
0: so just Thomas got a little bit caught up there, but Samson killed them with the jawbone of the donkey. The donkey was previously deceased.
2: So... It was an accessory after the fact. (laughs) Accessory. I I would argue
0: that the donkey did not consent to his jawbone being used in that way. Okay, so donkey, I'm still going to go with no. Um, Whale.
1: Whale.
0: Yes. No. No. What? No. Jonah. Even if Jonah had been swallowed by a whale, Jonah was then vomited after three days onto the onto the sand and survived.
1: Whatever. So,
0: um serpent. Yes. Yes, you're right. Um a lot of serpents. A lot of is that another one?
1: Yeah, yeah. This is yes, yeah. yes, 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 absolutely.
0: More. Yeah, yeah. More, yes, yeah. Definitely um unicorns no no you're right absolutely um lions yes yes uh worms
1: i'm gonna say yes
0: yes you're right there was a (laughs) there was a roman leader in the book of acts who was eaten by worms from the inside Okay. Um,
1: he deserved it, probably.
0: Yeah, I'm sure he had it coming. You he know, had like... it
1: coming, yeah. <laughs> Roman and leader? Villain, for sure. Any movie with a Roman leader, you're a bad guy, buddy. You deserve the words, okay? And you speaking with an
2: English accent. <laughs>
0: for sure. There you go. There you go.
2: Um,
0: crocodiles. Yes. No. Aww. No recorded, yeah. Bears. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Um, male humans.
1: 110%. <laughs>
0: yes, <laughs> lots of people murdered by male humans. Female humans.
1: No. We're yes,
0: actually. Yeah. You know what?
1: I disagree. Uh, <laughs> 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 Can I file a, <laughs> a I, petition?
0: I will point you to the book of Judges, where the other woman who is called in the Bible blessed among women. So there's two women who are called blessed among women. One is Mary, the mother of Jesus. The other is a woman named Jael, who uh, is best known for uh, an oppressing force came in and like was killing a bunch of Israelites. And then he was like camped in her tent. And while he was asleep, she drove a tent spike through his head. Oh no. Yeah. No, that was good. She was blessed among women. So that was- Upcoming movie
2: on W. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, female humans that's a yes a loaf of bread
1: a loaf of bread i'll say no Mm -hmm.
0: that's right gideon's nickname was bread loaf um and he killed a bunch of people but no loaves of bread actually killed anyone frogs no no gnats
1: what are those
0: they're like tiny little flea type bugs
1: sure we'll say yes
0: no no, no. not with okay. those either um I, how do they pronounce this in jordan uh leviathan
1: i don't know but it's a ride at the uh, <laughs> at, uh at the roller it's a roller coaster ride that i've been on <laughs> here in no. toronto the leviathan <laughs> very very sharp drop the leviathan not really the faint-hearted
0: has that killed anyone <laughs>
1: um maybe emotionally it's killed me i'll say that (laughs) because in edmonton we
0: have a roller coaster that did kill people and is still going right like yeah it was like back in the 80s and like i'm shocked by this but yeah like people died on it and the roller coaster is still here like only
3: one person and they fixed it
1: (laughs) welcome to edmonton Well, I don't know. It's at Canada's Wonderland. I haven't heard of any deaths there. Well, I nothing happened while I was there, you know. Mm. So, I don't know the full history. Mm-hmm. You know. If you want, so one I more can... animal for you. Okay. Dogs. Dogs. Yeah, no.
0: No, dogs are perfect oh. in every way. Yes. Um, dogs did lick Jezebel's blood from the pavement where she fell after being thrown out of the window, but gravity did most of the killing for for her.
1: She died?
0: who yeah, threw Jezebel? her out of the window um i think her own servants now that i think about it
1: oh so she wasn't a good person either mm, just about okay know.
0: she was bad she was a baddie um okay so this is both for thomas and uh and uh and uh and, uh, and Noor. and this is going to be a little bit fun so uh i'm going to ask you i'm going to give you quotes and you're going to tell me whether or not this quote came from given kind of the the spirit of big cats does this quote come from the bible or does this quote come from the recent very popular documentary series on netflix tiger king so (laughs) thomas are you familiar with tiger
2: king uh i've i've learned a bit kind of people commenting on it okay Uh, so i'm expecting the worst okay no problem so it's both i i i think this
0: might this one might not be that hard but this is your opportunity to earn your own mcdonald's hot beverage card that you can either use yourself or share with a friend okay so first quote is this from the bible or is this from tiger king uh the people rise like a lioness they rouse themselves like a lion that does not rest until it devours its prey and drinks the blood of its victims bible or tiger king
2: the parallelism sounds biblical, so I'm gonna say Bible. You're
0: gonna say Bible, newer? No, how do you feel?
1: I mean, um, you know what? I'll say Bible too.
0: Yeah, you're right. You're both right. It's Bible. Uh, numbers uh, chapter twenty-three. Uh, I was just—I
1: was just gonna say that actually, chapter twenty-three. Yeah. <laughs> you cut her off before she I, could finish. Thank you, Tom. Thank yeah. you.
0: Completely unfair of me. Okay. Uh, Bible or Tiger King he was like a mythical character living out in the middle of bumfuck Oklahoma who owned 1200 tigers and lions
2: and bears and shit
1: that's a hard one
2: (laughs) that's uh, from first hesitations isn't it (laughs)
1: it's actually from the quran i just want you to know <laughs> yeah so <laughs> yeah, i, have, I, like I
0: haven't king. seen that parallel quran bible yet i'm sure yeah it's coming. Yeah,
1: yeah we got to write one together <laughs> <laughs> it'll be the next episode <laughs>
0: yeah, absolutely so what are we going with uh tiger king tiger yeah. king yeah tiger yeah you're king. right there you go um uh next quote tiger king of the bible hey all you cool cats and kittens tiger king tiger Tiger king King. yeah (laughs) that's carol baskin who did murder her husband but he had it coming um so next one uh gad lives there like a lion tearing at armor head bible yep
2: yep Yep.
1: bible
0: (laughs) there you go yep gad that is one of the sons of uh one of the sons of judah um the spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon him, so that he tore the line apart with his bare hands, as he might have torn a young goat. But he told neither his father nor his mother what he had done.
2: Yeah, you don't tell your parents that. I mean, that's, <laughs> yeah, I would. That's, be that's Bible. That's some Samson action right there. Yeah,
0: yeah. Okay, you're you're agree in agreement, Nora. Yeah, I am. Yeah,
1: that's the Bible. Yeah,
0: I have a nine-year-old son, and. I would be both impressed and terrified. He was like, "Well, <laughs> I tore it apart with my bare hands, um, as you would a
2: goat, right?" Because be you know, I mean, who hasn't? Yeah.
1: Oh no, he's frozen. Well, we all there, but it's a nice frame for him to freeze on. He's laughing, so I'm that's a nice. Frozen. You're a little frozen, Dan Daniel. Come
3: back to us. Daniel Dad. He's like just in the other <laughs> room. Be fine.
2: You've got great internet over there. Okay. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, I'm plugged in.
1: All right, well, I guess I'm the oh, pastor yeah. now. He
3: said his <laughs> He said his Zoom just went down. Do you want to come in here, babe? You can change your name. I'll is it, it over there. Is it still recording? Oh, he's gone now. Oh, no. Uh, is it still recording? It's still live on YouTube. Right.
2: Oh. I don't have the no recording button.
3: button online anymore.
2: Yeah, that's disappeared for me as well.
3: Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to say I'll just record it here, and we'll see what happens. Then at least he can use it later, maybe. So... You're working on getting back on, babe? How's it going? I'm not as funny as Dan. (laughs) Hi, Jacinda. Hello, Teddy. How are you? I'm good. I'm working on Dan's sweater. I'm also working on a sweater. (laughs) (laughs) This is just the button band. Ah, I'm
1: doing a... A yoke one, so all in one piece. It's wonderful.
3: Yes.
2: Man, I wish I could do useful things.
3: (laughs) Can you not get in, babe? You need to go to the link. I'll let you in. (laughs) Honest. I guess it's a good thing I'm the host now. because Maybe it would have cut off like and dropped us all together. I think maybe I should be relegated to the oh, there you were just Hi, allowed to come right in.
0: Can everybody hear me?
3: Yep,
0: okay, good. That was weird. Okay, uh, that's going to be an interesting edit. Um, but thank <laughs> you everybody for staying. Okay, so uh, we were last, we were we had just done the Samson quote from Tiger King. Sorry if that had been uh can everybody still hear me yep okay good awesome so um next one bible or tiger king i'm outspoken good looking love to party and have fun
2: that's (laughs) all
1: you'd think you'd think uh yeah tiger king tiger king yeah
0: (laughs) okay uh next one uh we got two more of these enjoy life with your wife whom you love all the days of your meaningless life that god has given you under the sun all your meaningless days for this is your lot and life and in your toil and in your toilsome labor under the sun
2: bible oh yeah that's some nice uh, ecclesiastes that's truth a- getting laid on you there
0: that's some ecclesiastes yeah yeah okay one last one a
1: is, lot that of people- a- is that a fitness class ecclesiastes
0: <laughs> yeah that, that's a
1: crossfit so. class right it
0: should be <laughs>
1: <laughs> but why
0: would you be doing physical self-improvement in a way that makes you miserable according to the book of
1: ecclesiastes
0: according
1: well, to book that's of... all physical improvement in my opinion <laughs> who, who's, who are these people enjoying crossfit who are these masochists i don't
0: know people who don't have enough joy i think yes the, last one tiger king of the bible a lot of people think tigers took my legs no it actually happened from a zip line accident
3: what do you think tom
2: well uh, yeah it sounds like tiger king at least i was worried how that sentence was going to land I was i was afraid it'd be zipper accident but uh you know zip line makes a lot more sense
0: well and uh tom might have spent some time in youth ministry where more than uh the odd uh evangelical kid has suffered a zipline accident in their time so um all righty so game's over congratulations you've both won uh uh you've both won mcdonald's certificates and uh and I will take this internet interruption that maybe God doesn't want me to uh, have games in the podcast in the future. So <laughs> we'll see from that. I'll try again next week, and if I'm attacked by a plague of frogs, we'll see how it goes. So back to the story before we get going. Okay, so Darius throws Daniel in the lions' den. Does all of the sealing? There's a wax seal on the the uh, in the pit where Daniel is thrown, and uh, and darius is upset and it tells us that the king darius is very upset about having to do this he feels uncomfortable about it he goes back home and he puts on sackcloth and he fasts all night which is a thematic thing that happened last week as well because it seems that the way to show god you're sad is by being hungry and itchy the two most uncomfortable things for any human being to be uh, so he fasts through the night and then he wakes up in the morning And he goes and he says, the the Bible has this sentence that I love because it's like one of the most polytheistic sentences in the Bible because Darius yells down into the lion's pit. He says, Daniel, your God, the one you worship always, just in case we're confused about which gods we're talking about right now. Can he have saved you from the lions? And Daniel then says, my God sent his messenger who closed the mouths of the lions. Now, in christian theology we always interpret this as being an angel but in my mind i like to think of it as being a ups guy that he was the messenger it's like what can brown do for you and it's like in this case brown closed the mouths of lions which is i hope that that guy got hazard pay for that um but king darius was happy he was very happy that he gets his advisor back he brings daniel up out of the pit and then if that, if the story just stopped there, it would be an amazing story that just has a happy ending. Like, yay, a guy was about to get eaten by lions, and he didn't get eaten by lions. But this is the Bible, so they keep going, and something bad happens. So King Darius is like, grabs all of the people who conspired against Daniel, and then it says that he threw them into the pit with the lions and their childrens and their wives, and it and it's the bible specifically says they barely reached the bottom when the lions overwhelmed them and crunched their bones and then yeah that you're making the perfect face for that moment Noor. and so then darius then tells everyone that everybody should fear daniel's god he adds it to the pantheon of gods that their nation has and then and declares that everyone should fear uh, daniel's god and then and then Daniel, it says, continues to prosper and not only served Darius his whole life, but he also served the next king, King Cyrus. And that's the way that the story ends. Now, this is the question, this is the part of the the, the show that gets a little bit uncomfortable because I think we're all okay with a story where, you know, guy stands up for his convictions and, and God has his back. That's a beautiful story. Does it change the story for you guys that it's a, his opponents were thrown into the pit with their wives and their children to then be eaten by the lions?
2: That was going to happen back back halfway through the message of, of the story, rather, which is to say these people mousetrap the king into passing a law that was, he dis- later discovers, specifically targeted to, to kill the one honest bureaucrat, you know, mm. in, in the whole kingdom. They were not going to live out the day. Like, yes. king baiting was an extreme sport. In that uh,
1: <laughs> sure, but their kids. <laughs> this is where I disagree with, especially the wives. So you married a bozo, okay? Why do you get to die because of it and your kids go eaten by the lions? Kill the bozo, let me live. Okay.
0: Yeah. Yeah. This was not my idea. No. And I'm with both of you. I like, I get it. I like, I get, I think it's a really, like, I think you're right that you can't, there's, there's going to be consequences when you back the King into a corner, you know, and the King wakes up to that, you know, we've, we've all watched one of those, you know, mob movies, but simultaneously, like even, even, you know, in the mob movies, there's a code, right. That you don't touch the wife and the kids in theory, right. Like that's, what's made, you know, like the the, the the cartels in Mexico so crazy is that they were starting to go after each other's wives and children. But yeah, this is this the, the this changes the story. And and what's weird is that especially as someone who grew up with the story as a kid, like we became so triumphalistic about it that, like, yep, then their kids and their wives were thrown in too, and the <laughs> lions ate them, you know, like as a and I mean I get it in terms of as a story because one of the things that happened when I was a kid and over the last couple of hundred years is people wanted to make the Bible less miraculous. So they were like, oh, well, Darius just fed those lions a lot. So they were not hungry and that's why they didn't eat Daniel. And it's like, okay, but if that's the case, why did they eat the wives and the children? (laughs) Unless like they're just tastier, you know, like (laughs) as soon as they're thrown in, right? So you know, you can sort of see how the story goes, you know, like, and, and, but it's always been this weird, like, how do we wrap our heads around that?
3: I mean, I think, like, the recurring theme seems to be, like, because this is not the only, like, politician in the Bible and in history where it's, like, not necessarily the sharpest and (laughs) has evil advisors.
0: (laughs) That's true. That is definitely a recurring theme of evil advisors in the bible um does this make you feel differently about lions
2: <laughs> no no not especially i mean yeah. i think they, they were they were sort of in a artificial you know circumstance being presumably being kept around as a form of execution you know the king can hold that over your head as saying shape up or it's the lions you know yeah. So I don't know that the lions are really, really to blame here.
0: Yeah, it's not their fault. Um, what do we, uh, I find it interesting. What do you guys just think about this theme of like standing up for your convictions? Like, Noor, like you, you're familiar in the Quran, are there equivalent kind of stories about like doing what's right and then everything turns out okay for you despite opposition or do, they, do you have similar themed stories
1: You're put me on the spot here um
0: <laughs> do you have a teacher that's going to be very disappointed if you get yeah this
1: <laughs> um oh, yeah yeah he's called my dad
0: <laughs> you got time to call him
1: <laughs> oh my god he's in jordan there's a time difference otherwise i would have totally called him Oh my god. It would have been part of his first podcast. Have you ever tried explaining podcasts to a father who's not technologically advanced? It's like yeah, you gotta talk and then people hear it after. It's like weird, you know? It's like, what do you say? Um, yeah, but listen, there's a lot of yeah, I mean, there's a lot of stories of like redemption and doing the right thing and uh forgiveness and um maybe not as bloody as the bible stories like jezebel she has she i feel still feel bad for her even though she's not a good person and the and the lion pit is a lot not as (laughs) not as um i will say not as not as bloody our stories but definitely this the theme of um like uh doing the right thing and being just and being a good person and being forgiving Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm
0: the other thing that i find interesting in this theme and that i do think find that there is a parallel in our current culture is that daniel always being considered an outsider right no matter how long he lived in babylon or what his circumstances were for getting there he was never going to be considered and there was always going to be an element of distrust because he's not one of us and and i think that that's very fascinating especially in north america at this point in time where we're kind of replicating very similar ideas of like scapegoating foreigners you know and there's people who have been here for very very long periods of time who are still distrusted because they worship differently they they you know have different dietary stuff i mean like you know i mean obviously Nora is the most recent immigrant you can maybe speak to that a little bit about the pressure to be to fit in i guess
1: Yeah, for the longest time, I always like, even as a comedian, just didn't want to talk about being Muslim because I felt like maybe the other comedians judged me or they thought that that's only the only thing I could write jokes about. And I wanted to fit in and I wanted to write jokes about things that they would write about, like brunch or riding the subway, just to kind of like prove that I could do that. Um, But then I realized, and then I spoke to another comic and she said, well, if you don't write jokes about being Muslim and about being an immigrant, then who will? Like, we're all going to have the same opinion. We're all going to have the same point of view. And so ever since I had that conversation with her, I've kind of embraced my identity more on stage Mm -hmm. and being myself and... Yeah. I think I didn't even see the parallel in that story until you brought it up right now of like, oh, this is a person who's doing something differently. So let's ostracize. And that's basic, honestly, that's what we see, you know, not to make it too political, but that's what we see in America. You know, if you're not white, if you're not, you know, if you're an immigrant, if you're from Mexico, if you wear a hijab, if you, pray differently if you believe in any if your name is different then you're not normal like the normal is people who are you know white and don't have accents and that's what's being normalized by the president unfortunately
0: yeah well and and, and I, I what I found that fascinating about this is it would just because like I was like oh this pattern is thousands of years old because we have Daniel who's given his entire life in service of this, empire to multiple kings you know like Mm -hmm. and you know like and and yet yeah yeah he's still like well he's not he's not one of us you know like and and i'm just like so what makes someone one of like how long and it is an ethnic thing ultimately it has to be right because like the you know like my parents my grandparents came here from ireland in 1922 there's there's people of of Sikh origin, or of, or of Japanese origin, in the West Coast, or lots of different ethnicities that have been in Canada way longer than my fam, my family's been here, and yet no one has ever accused me of not being one of us, right? So at some point, it's all a like a lot of that is a lie, right? Like a lot of that, it's not about how long you spend here or how much you invest. It's about you know what do you, do look, you like? look like who you who and what you look like
1: yeah 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 it's that question but where are you really from you know right you know if you don't look like us then you must not be from here regardless of how long you've been here how long your parents have been here where you were born yeah you know where did you go to like you're absolutely hit the nail the head the nail on the head there
0: yeah and uh i feel bad sometimes because it's like in edmonton I'll often ask people, like, are you from Edmonton originally? Because I'm not, right? So in my mind, I'm like, if you're from Red Deer, then you're different, like, like, then you grew up in a different situation. Or if you're from rural Alberta, then, you know, and I feel bad because I've done this a couple of times with, like, other parents at my kids' school, where I'm being like, are you from Edmonton originally? And they hear that as like, well, where are you really from? And I'm like, oh,
1: no, I didn't mean that. <laughs> I meant like... You all heard it here, guys. Dan is Hinton? racist. <laughs> wow.
0: <laughs> no, I meant, are you from Hinton? I don't like. Right. Can... <laughs> right.
1: I can see you recommending the Leviathan to a few people in Edmonton. <laughs> yeah, huh? yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. It's a real great ride. You should ride it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> exactly.
1: Um. I mean, the
0: story is a is a famous story that certainly in our culture that we tell our kids and is often told to our kids um as a story that's like be like daniel right so when i was a kid this was like an anti-peer pressure story right like so if your friends are all asking you to do drugs don't do drugs you know because daniel like didn't do whatever like kept doing kept obeying as we would say and and received a reward for that um like is it still a valuable thing? Like, I think you, Tom, you have kids. Like, is that a still a valuable message to be telling our kids? And is this a worthwhile story to keep telling our kids? If that's the message,
2: yeah, I, I really do think so because it's it's one of to say you know know who you are, and and it's that question of in, of integrity, uh, not integrity in the sense of always telling the truth, but integrity in the sense of um be who you are no matter what audience you happen to find yourself in uh don't adapt you know to you know the situation you're in and read the room and and adjust your mask you know to fit that but rather you know be be who you are i mean uh, uh, the great thing about you know daniel's story is it's you know this decree is given and you can almost see daniel saying okay and he just goes home and does what he has always done. You know, there is no, it's not like he does this as I'm going to make a, a big statement of it and fly a flight. I'm just going to go home and calmly just carry on, you know, doing what I always do and, and I'll, you know, wherever the chips may fall. The story actually we like to tell our son is the one from earlier in this same book where those other three. You know, uh, uh, Jewish boys that you mentioned—they they are a very similar circumstance, and they're threatened to be thrown into the furnace if they don't bow down. And I love their response because Daniel doesn't give a sort of verbal response to all this; he just acts. You know, he just does what he's always done. But I I love their response because they say, "They say, hey, if you throw us into this furnace, you know, our God can save us," which is you know what ends up happening. But I love the little proviso—they say, "But even if He doesn't." We want you to know, majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you set up. So basically, they're saying, hey, God can save us. He may not. And yeah. even if he doesn't, we're not, we're not going to do what you're asking of us because that would be betraying our conscience. So I absolutely think there's a place for that because it, these are then the stories that then generate whistleblowers you know, mm. when our society needs them. And, and we need to feed that with these kind of stories.
0: Hmm. Yeah, what do you think, Nora? I mean, you don't have kids yet, but like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I wasn't trying to be.
1: <laughs> no, 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 I was uh, just... Um. I, no, I think it's really interesting and especially what Tom is saying is about being yourself and not like changing to um, adapt to whatever environment you're in or what you may think people want you to do. I think, especially now, like it's so easy to lose who you are because it's like you see so much on social media, especially of like, oh, should I be doing this? Should I be doing that? Mm-hmm. And um also like I do think that it's good to question your own beliefs to know that you actually believe them yeah. and to come to that realization yourself. But to not let other people sway you mm-hmm. you know yeah oh sorry can you guys hear that i'm getting a phone call oh there oh, we go no, we, can you okay. we can't hear it okay i i removed it okay <laughs> <laughs> it's um. your
2: dad
0: um, yeah he's
1: calling to disagree with me <laughs>
0: <laughs> no i think it's fascinating and especially for for you and i Noor, the way that tom worded that about like not adjusting yourself depending on the room you're in this is something that we deal with very tangibly as comedians you know mm-hmm. and i think that as a comic you know we do do things slightly different like i don't think it's a great sacrificing of my personality to say like if i were to go do comedy bar in downtown toronto i would do that slightly differently than i would were i doing a community fundraiser in rimby alberta right like i think that we're all sophisticated enough to understand that but but yeah i think if you could maybe talk a little about that nor about like finding the core of who you are as a comedian you know as being like that part of becoming a good comedian i think is discovering that cool core is like what part of me remains consistent regardless of the environment in which I'm placed
1: right and it's so interesting you say that because you know I've been I've been a comic for eight years and I've worked on my act and so much of my act is about who I am right so I'm Muslim I'm Arab I'm an immigrant I'm a woman I live in downtown Toronto I've experienced all these things and so my act is my act and people in Toronto I find are very you know like you said liberal open understanding of that but then what happens is when I go some places like Saskatchewan (laughs) um, you know where we don't have a lot to connect on so I'm up there I'm doing a set for 45 minutes and it's not going as well as it usually does in Toronto like I'm not going to change my act I'm not going to change who I am I'm going to go up and do my set that's who I am, mm-hmm. and they don't like me. It's hard. I probably got three laughs the whole set. It's not easy, you know. Yeah. Not, not this, and not because they're being mean or anything, it's just that you know, there's nothing to connect that we don't have a lot in common. Mm-hmm. You know, there's not, they're all married couples, so they don't relate to the dating stuff. They, you know, right. they probably am the first muscle. I don't know if I'm the first Muslim they've seen. Um, Possible. yeah, so just like. You, you just have to be you and there are times where it won't go as well like for example that show
3: mm-hmm.
1: but for the i have to and it, it was hard it's not easy like i go went right back to my hotel room i called my manager i was like this is one of the worst gigs i called my friends it was so hard you know yeah. and it's one of those scars like one of those battle scars that you have as a comic yeah and it made me think of like, like, I just got to make it. I don't want to be doing these gigs, you know, in the middle of nowhere where nobody knows me and nobody cares. Mm-hmm. And you have to, I have to remind myself that when I come back here, the no major, the normal, the majority of my shows are good when I am yeah. being myself.
3: Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So
1: it's, it's, I think it's part of not just the job, but I also life like, um, you will be in situations where people don't like you and there's nothing you can do to change their minds. they just don't like you yeah. and that's something that I've had to work on because as a comic that's why we do comedy we want people to like us
3: <laughs> yeah
1: right yeah, and there's absolutely. just there's going to be people you encounter for whatever reason whether it's whatever even it's just your personality or your sense of humor they're not going to like mm-hmm. you and that's fine you have to be okay with that because if you try to get everyone to like you it's a losing game you will never win you just have to be yourself and then whoever you bring into your path whoever you befriend whoever you whatever you bring and people who accept you for you is great and the people who don't you know what it's their loss
0: Mm. well and I think that that's interesting too because you're talking about growth as a comedian but it's also not just growth as a comedian but growth as a human right where I mean, like I, Teddy and I have talked about this. My wife and and I'm sure Tom, you've talked about thought about this too. Where it's like there's a part of me that wants to protect my children from everything, that wants them never to be in a position where they're not surrounded by loving, affirming people who, you know, are just ready to support them no matter what they do. But the reality is, I know, and is that that's not how you become a good human, right? Like one of the things that we see in this story is this is Daniel. Like Daniel's probably at least a middle-aged person, if not older, by this point in his life, and he didn't get the strength that it came to to continue his pattern of praying three times a day towards Jerusalem that day. He that was a pattern of obedience that he had built up for decades. That so, you know, he was like, "I've been here before," you know, like, and I and I think that that's one of the hardest things to do both as a human and 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 as a parent or as anything is to like what level of exposure to opposition is healthy to grow into a a better person better comedian better whatever and what amount of opposition is gonna kill you right like because there's a there's a balance there right because i even think of the immigrant experience like you know i'm sure that there's parents that have moved their kids like some of my son's soccer te- teammates that have moved their kids here from the middle east because they want a better life economically for all of these reasons but i'm sure that there's a part of them that's like geez it would just be easier <laughs> you know if if i didn't have to worry that like some jerk was gonna like yell at my wife at the grocery store right like like I, that's got to be a tough balancing act as a human
1: yeah, yeah good just... uh, ahead. Right. No, no, go ahead, please
2: talk., well, I was just going to say a, a friend of mine gave me some very good advice when I was first married regarding you know children and mm-hmm. you know because there, there is a, there's a movement among you know many Christian churches, which I completely understand, where you kind of have Christian schools because you have know, to send your kid to a secular school, they're going to you know get all this garbage and, and whatnot. And, and I see good advantages to it, but one of my friends was kind of providing that counterpoint where he said, you know, innocence, or rather, virtue is innocence tested, mm. um, and and if you 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 surround your child with so many walls to protect them, um, they never develop virtue. Like they may remain innocent, but they they'll they'll never have a chance to develop that virtue. That is going to actually be the keel that guides their course, you know, for the rest of their
1: life. Mm. Yeah. Can I just say, as someone who grew up in a religious household, I also think you should give your kids the option to decide you know, what, let, let them be exposed to the outside world. And honestly, it'll serve them better for the rest of their life. Mm-hmm. Let them see Absolutely. what's out there. Yeah, let them, you know, guide them by example. On a, Truly, do, not by forcing them to stay within the walls and the confines of what this religion says. If my parents hadn't let me be exposed to the world, you know, send me off to McGill, let me live by myself. You know, like I wouldn't be the person I am today. Right. and yeah i think you get to choose like i said you have to question your beliefs to know if you believe in them and to what extent you want to have them in your life but it like it's a i think it's important for the parent to give them to you but then let them let you go out on um, into the world on your for you to figure it out on your own
0: yeah like and i and this is a hard thing for me as a parent because like I know that I want my kids to love Jesus. Like that is something that I that I want more for them than than most things. But simultaneously, I know that the way to, for me to really get that is not for me to like build really strong fences and walls, right? Like and in fact, I definitely know personality-wise for at least a couple of my kids, building those really strong fences and walls is going to make them like they're going to be so desiring to scratch their way out of that. That <laughs> like i'm almost uh, like i think of the idea of like and this is interesting given the current times that we're in about the ideas of like inoculation versus experience right where it's like i think one of the most dangerous things that's happened and certainly the christianity that i grew up with is a lot of the people that i grew up with were inoculated against christianity they got a little bit of it but it keeps them from getting the real thing you know And some of them are living in churches and some of them are occupying pews, but they have no, they don't have the conviction that Daniel held because, like Tom said, it's never been tested. They And like you said, they've never experienced, like, well, why do I believe this? And what do I do when I'm confronted with someone who doesn't believe it, right? Like, is that, because I mean, like, as someone who believes in God in comedy, you're a minority already like most comedians are atheists out of the box you know which is fine you know like you know which and they're not atheists because they've thought it through it's because george carlin said some things once and they're like i like what the smart guy the the funny guy says right so you know but at the same time it's like so when somebody says to me like well that's stupid you know because i've had my face called stupid like by people that I like and I'm sure the newer has had the same experience like do I have to punch them now like if if that's the case I'm going to do a lot of punching right (laughs) like so I had to find another way to be in the world
1: no one's ever like called me stupid but um yeah I feel like maybe some people when they're on stage or whatever they're like oh do you believe like they make fun of people who believe in a higher being or a god like there's definitely that joke is like, like, uh, do you believe in God or are you smart? You know, kind of yeah, that yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. It's never been personally to you, nor because you are Muslim and you believe in God that you are stupid. It's just the general, um, you know, feeling that you get from them and you know, what are you going to do? I just think that's your, your, that's your opinion. I have mine. I'm just yeah. going to, you know, I'm just going to live and the way I want to. And uh yeah right I'll and honestly I feel like I feel like for me writing jokes is kind of like a way for an outlet for me to do that it's like you know people may not believe in Islam or people may not believe in a god but there are people who do and the people who do can see themselves reflected in me on stage right mm-hmm. cuz um you know there's a lot of famous muslim comedians talking about it yeah. so um I maybe that's kind of my way of like not necessarily coming back at them and what they're saying but just by existing and being I'm I'm doing it
0: yeah I think that that's really fascinating because I've had the same experience just in terms of um you know what uh, one of the things that I think has really been important for me as a person of faith on stage is to just show my work a little bit you know like in the sense that like I'm a person of faith in process and I think that most christian comedians that i've encountered like to perform as a completely finished product you know like that i'm i'm done you know like my faith is somewhere locked in a box you know and it's unassailable and and i think and 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 i think it's quite honest for them and i believe them and i and, but simultaneously i think it's for me, I feel like my calling with that a little bit more is to be like, it's not in a box somewhere. I, I, I don't know, you know, like I, I struggle with this thing sometimes, you know, and there's, and I get uncomfortable when that, and, and I keep going back to these stories because it's like, what, you know, because I'm the guy who's like, I believe this, but I still don't like the fact that they threw the wives and the children into the pit <laughs> with the lions. Yeah. Like, Why what, what, that, that doesn't seem right. You know? And I would, in some ways, I wish that that version of the story existed. So um, I don't know if we've got any audience questions right now. Uh, no, I think we're done. So I want to thank you guys so much for your time. This has been an awesome experience, even with the, the, the technical difficulties in the beginning. And I uh, hope that we can have you all on again in the future. So the question that we always end with is, this story, should we tame it, toss it, turn it up? Any thoughts on what we should keep doing with this story? Tame it being like, let's adopt some of it, throw away parts of it. Toss it being like, never tell this story again. And turn it up being like, yeah, just crank the story up louder because it's important for us to hear.
2: I think there's some really important stuff uh, there, both from that sense of keeping your identity, also from the idea that you know you being like just having worked in brazil and, and all the corruption problems there you know nothing will attract uh, uh, like a, a lightning rod the ire of of the corrupt like just being honest and you don't even have to make a big deal about other people being corrupt but just you not being corrupt is going to draw all this ire and so by telling these stories you know I, I think we we equip ourselves with uh with the antibodies you know we we, we need to resist it mm-hmm. yeah
1: yeah tom is so poignant it's incredible wow <laughs> i know he's good at this how many masters (laughs) he should be
0: hosting this show
1: wow (laughs) um yeah no i agree i i mean it's not a story that i've heard growing up or people around me say but i enjoyed listening to it
0: Mm -hmm. yeah and again so i just want to say thanks everybody for being here everybody online and uh and uh yeah thank you guys so much for being a part of this and uh and yeah have a good night and stay safe and wash your hands